Hello, hello, and welcome to City Girl in Business, living a life with soul and purpose. My name is Sharokina Pazand, and I host this podcast in order to talk about entrepreneurship, life lessons, and to learn from some amazingly talented people in a talk, not text format. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're talking about finding your treasure within identifying, affirming, and developing the talents and gifts we already have inside of us. I'm personally so excited to have Rick Wemple here today. Rick's a personal friend of mine. I've known him for years. He's so talented. He is an amazing personal trainer, and I want to read a little bit about who he is to give him um, the justice that he deserves because he's amazing. So Rick Wemple has run his own personal training business since 2011 after a 17-year career as a college track and field and cross-country coach. Rick works with clients who cover a wide range of ages and abilities, including runners, and his coaching and training philosophy is to approach each client as an individual when designing training programs. Each person has different needs and interests, in fitness, and he works with each client to personalize their own competitive fitness plans. Rick has also added a mental performance coaching aspect to his business, which, which focuses on helping clients identify the talents and gifts they already have to affirm those and ultimately nurture and develop them into a fulfilling life. Thanks so much, Rick, for being here. I'm so excited that you're on the show today. Thanks for having me, Shar. And this topic is really dear to me because I think it played a significant role in me learning how to be an entrepreneur and being a successful uh, self-employed uh, business person. And I, my hope is that by sharing some of the things that I've experienced, it will help others uh, find their own treasures within and how they can develop those to live a fulfillment in life. I think that what you just said was so powerful because I think that's one of the things as an entrepreneur, you you know what you're good at and what you're, what skills you're bringing to the table, but sometimes just getting that mental, um, getting into that place to start, I think is really important. It makes a big difference. And if you look at the growth of my uh, business, 2011, 2012 were so-so. But it wasn't until maybe the middle of 2013 when I started doing some of these own mental performance exercises myself that I then saw my business take off. And I, again, I'm just going to keep emphasizing I had to discover who I am, what my talents and treasures are, and affirm those and develop those. And that's when my business started growing. Well, I'm just I'm really excited to talk a little bit about who Rick is. And just for our listeners that don't know anything about you, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, who you are? Sure. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, uh, in a suburb called Kettering. And it's uh, uh, primarily, Kettering is primarily a, a white, middle-class Christian um, suburb. And a couple of the suburbs surrounding us are very similar. And I bring that up because... Uh, I went to Yale as an undergrad, and I feel like I learned as much outside the classroom as I did inside the classroom, because I was immersed with students from all over the country and the world, students from different economic backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, uh, different political leanings, and it really helped me grow by the different conversations that we had at, at lunch or dinner or in the dorm rooms. That's awesome. And it's it just having the diversity, I think, is so important because you can really learn from other people. And, um, you know, some of us that have grown up in certain areas where, you know, everybody looks and is like us. I mean, I think that that's something where as we grow older and we diversify a little bit, I think it's, you know, whether it's, you know, men and women or, you know, different ethnicities, I think that that's really cool to get to learn from other people. Uh, I do, too. And and. With travel being so easily and the internet and so on, uh, it's just so much more easy to come in, in contact with people who have come from different backgrounds than me. And some of them are going to be my clients. So I want to be able to understand them from their background and perspective. I love that. Um, and so my question for you is, when did you first 
make the leap into starting your own business or you didn't start right away? I, I didn't. In fact, um, it actually, this is interesting. I, I can look back and know that I had the entrepreneurial bug at a very early age. Uh, I, I, I did a paper route uh, and liked doing it so much that when the neighboring paper route opened up, I took on a second one. Then I started a lawn uh, cutting business and I loved being self-employed. So in high school, I, I learned that there was this thing called personal training. And I'm like, wow, that would be really <laughs> cool because I could work with maybe some professional athletes during their off seasons. Yeah. I could continue to be self-employed. And so I was thinking that all through high school and college. Um, but then after grad school, I went into college track and field coaching, which, which seems natural because I, I was a track and field athlete. Sure. Uh, but I did that for 17 years and there were a lot of frustrating aspects about it. There, there were a lot of great things. I love the, the coaching aspect of it, um, but I wasn't fully living the life that I had imagined uh, in middle school and high school. And so in 2011, I started my personal training business and it has just been, it, it's been a fantastic ride. So tell me one thing that surprised you when you first started your business. Um, it surprised me at how many clients, um, how many clients actually just need me to be there to hold them accountable. Uh, not as many clients I found need me because they need my um, physical fitness expertise but they need me because they, they want someone to hold them accountable to getting their exercise done. Hmm. That, that, that surprised me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, because I feel like if I were to just go work out, I mean, you can just go work out on your own I mean, doing anything. And I think what's interesting is I work out so much better when I work out with you and you really, if I'm having an off day, you're like, okay, Char, no, you can't skip out on that workout. That's <laughs> right? exactly so, right. Well, there are some people who they won't go to the gym on their own, even though they say they will, mm -hmm. uh, they just, they just don't do it. But sure. when they have an appointment scheduled with me, it holds them accountable and they show up. Yeah. And that, and that kind of goes with what we were talking about as far as, um, what's in your head and how you, um, it's really a lot of what's in your head, right? I mean, the physical aspect of it is important, but. Yes, uh, I am a huge believer that the messages we give ourselves will affect our actions. And sometimes we need a little help from somebody else to hold us accountable on things. Um, but one of the things I try to do is to help encourage my clients to learn how to do things on their own so that they will do some things when I'm not around. Yeah. And then that's the, the, the hard part, right? I mean, we've even gone. So my husband and I, when we work out with you, Steven, who's not on this podcast, but I'm sure he wishes he was, um, when we're, when we, let's say go on vacation and you're always like, okay, so don't forget, do, you know, do the push-ups or do this. And sometimes we're really good about it, but sometimes it's just, we're like, well, should we just have a margarita on the beach? <laughs> but, um, no, but I think that it, it definitely what you're saying makes sense. Um, I want to talk a little bit about finding your treasure within and, and the talents, because I think that um, it is really interesting to hear about the entrepreneurship side. But like we were saying before, it's um, how do you how do you dig deep to find those? And and that, you know, of course, works out with the entrepreneurship stuff. Um, well, I want to give a little background on why I think things maybe went on a detour uh, early in my career mm -hmm. that's related to this. Okay. Um, and let's, we'll start first, about fifth or sixth grade, I noticed that I could overachieve in just about everything and it made me feel good about myself. The accomplishments made me feel good. The praise I got from my parents, from my coaches, my teachers, my peers, all those things made me feel good and kind of propped me up, so to speak. The problem was prior to that, I had this kind of default feeling of not being good enough or less than. And 
so I was able to cover that up and push that down for basically middle school, high school, college. I got to grad school, though, and when you get to grad school or you get into the workforce, we don't have as many grades. And if we're an athlete, we don't have the competitions anymore. So I didn't have all these things affirming that I was a good enough person. And what I noticed is that during grad school, those not good enough and less than feelings started coming to the surface. And I started Mm -hmm. feeling them more often and more intensely. And it's interesting, as I said earlier, I had thought about personal training as early as high school. And by the time that the two years of grad school were over, I had decided to go into college track and field coaching, which in itself is okay. But for me in particular, I'm not sure it was the right thing because uh, track and field is low on the totem pole as far as sports in this country. And so... Hmm. Most programs get less money, don't have the best facilities, don't have the full staffing compared to a basketball program or a football program. And so there are these unspoken messages of you're not good enough or we're not going to give you enough. Well, I was already resonating that throughout grad school, that I'm not good enough, that I'm less than. And I wonder if I was drawn into coaching track and field because it was going to constantly almost affirm these thoughts and feelings I had about myself. So interesting. And so now we get to 17 years later in 2011 and I start the personal training and I'll be honest, I started the personal training because I got fired uh, from a college coaching job. Uh, And I think I got fired because I was, relying so much on this job to make me feel good about myself and the accomplishments of the job. But I kept running into all these roadblocks that were holding me back from being successful in the job. Okay. So now I go to personal training because I knew it was something I could do. But the first couple of years, my client numbers were so-so. Okay. And I think it's because I didn't necessarily have a lot of self-confidence and I had to learn that there were gifts. I had to identify some gifts inside of me. I had to identify those talents that I had and really affirm them and get in touch with that guy who was uh, a paper route guy and a lawn care business guy who knew how to build businesses. Because you were starting from such a young age. I mean, it was almost inside of you. Correct. It yeah. was already there. Mm-hmm. I had forgot it was there. And it, it took a couple of years for me to realize, wait a second, Rick, you've had this entrepreneurial spirit inside of you already. Right. And as I started affirming that and developing that, I started taking actions such as more marketing, more networking, that ultimately led me to have more clients and my business has grown uh, significantly in the last four years. Yeah, that's so exciting. And you're obviously really good at what you do. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have all the success that you've had. Um, But, you know, what is interesting to me is that when you're, when you have all the self-doubt and you just, you know, sometimes it just overtakes you and it just paralyzes you. Um, and I can say that from my own experience, it's, you know, it doesn't matter sometimes how much success or if it's an innate sense of business entrepreneurship that you've had from a young age, there are things that also happen to us over the years that just paralyze us. And I've had that, ex- uh, that experience as well. You, you said the self-doubt paralyzes us. There have been a number of times that that's happened in my life and I've had to remind myself and I've had to have some other people remind myself that I've got to look inside and re-identify those gifts, keep affirming those gifts, keep developing those gifts. Um, It's usually when I stop doing the homework or the mental performance exercises that things start to slide down. And I think it's no different than physical training. If I don't do the weightlifting on a regular basis, my muscles are going to get weaker. Sure. Well, here, if I don't do the mental performance exercises, then my self-confidence, self-esteem is is going to go down. No, I mean, I think that makes total sense. One time we were lifting that, what is it, bench pressing, right? Yes. And I think you 
you had said something because I had said, you know, Rick, I don't think I can lift it anymore. And you said, just, just focus really hard, get mad or get really passionate about whatever it is. And I was able to lift like two or three more, which my mind was blown. Like, how could I, I didn't think I could physically do it, but because you told me that I could, and I told myself, yes, I'm going to listen to Rick and I think I can do it. I can find something within to make this work. Just a goofy example of how I could just lift you know, two or three more times. I mean, that was, that was when I was really shocked. That That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think for some people that are listening, maybe that don't know, you know, maybe they haven't discovered their gifts or how does somebody, if they're not sure what gifts they want to kind of pull out or they're, they think that they're talented in certain things, but they're not sure. How do you, suggest that they go about finding these gifts? Well, I've been working with a few clients now as I uh, add this mental performance or life coaching aspect to my business. And one of the first things we do is I have them identify all the things that they like about themselves or that they think they're good at. So it could be that they like their eyes or that they like their smile. Uh, For me, I like the fact that I'm tall. So I put that down on my list. So lucky. Yes, I I am lucky and I'm very grateful. Um, And then there are other things that the person might think that they're good at, whether it's writing, whether it's singing. For me, I do believe I'm a very good coach and teacher. And so we try to develop a list of at least 10 things that they uh, believe they're good at or that they like about themselves. And then I encourage them to review that list every day. It only takes a minute to, to look at that. But early in my work with those clients, I'm actually going to ask them to review that list and then just sit there quietly for 15 minutes. And I ask hmm. them to do that for a seven to 10 day period and then make some notes of the things that come to them during that quiet period. Also, it, it, it's not going to happen all in, in seven to 10 days. It's sure. going to be a months to years process because what I've noticed with my own list, it has evolved as I've gotten more confident in myself. I've started to realize other gifts that I, I wasn't aware of five or six years ago. And that's been the real exciting thing is that I started with a basic list of things that I like about myself and that I believe I'm good at. Sure. And over the years, I've discovered new things about myself because I was affirming those things that led to me feeling better about myself and allowed my mind to be open to these other ideas and gifts that I, like I said, I wasn't aware of in the early going. And these gifts can be not only personal traits you had said, but also you know, I'm re- for me, it's I think I'm really good at putting together timelines as an event planner. As goofy as that sounds, that's something that I feel like is one of my talents is logistics. And it, it's it's things like that that I would encourage uh, a client to put on their list. Okay. Uh, it, it can be anything that you feel good about, uh, because when we read through that list, it starts to change the chemistry in our body. And that may sound corny, but if you do any work or reading on some of the research in neuropsychology over the last 20 years, they've been able to show with the MRIs and the CAT scans that the brain activity changes based on the, the, the messages or the words that we say to ourselves. And, uh, to give you an example, one of the things that was on my first list and it's still there today is I believe I have a deep and sexy voice. <laughs> and you do have a deep and sexy voice. <laughs> it makes me laugh or smile. It made you laugh. It did. At, at every talk I've given on this topic, the audience has laughed. And, it, <laughs> and I can tell it's a spontaneous laugh. Right. What happens is, it, at least for me, I can speak for myself, it changes the chemistry inside me. It, mm-hmm. it changes how I feel about myself when I say that. And I think it's by using that that particular quality and the other qualities that I like about myself, as I keep affirming those, I'm starting to change the neural signals in my body that that are hardwiring how mm-hmm. I feel and think about myself. 
And ultimately that leads to the actions that I end up taking to be a better business person or in the other aspects of my life to be a better father or a better husband. Um, I've seen all these things grow as a result of me feeling good enough, me feeling uh, what would be the opposite of less than um, adequate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's because I don't have an emptiness inside anymore that I'm trying to fill up with outside affirmations. I'm not trying to fill up an emptiness with praise from my parents or coaches. I'm not trying to fill up an emptiness from my significant other. Instead, I've filled it up from within by focusing on the things that are already inside of me. And that lasts longer and doesn't rely on me to have a significant other or parents or coaches sure. telling me that I'm good enough. But here's my question. So if I'm looking at First of all, to, to separate myself from my smartphone for a long time is definitely, you know, an endeavor within itself. Um, and then when I'm sitting and I'm making this list, I think sometimes we're told that either by society or by parents or whomever that um, you don't want to sound cocky or pompous or, you know, it's not good to. I think that's the fear of some people too, is like, I don't want to sound like I have an ego. So for me to say that I'm good at something is, especially as women, I think we get that a lot too. It's, we don't want to seem too like we're full of ourselves, you know? So how do you get over that? How do you make your list and not feel bad about it? Like when you're saying you have a deep and sexy voice, you know, I think we, like I laughed and obviously I agree that you have a deep and sexy voice, but it's if I were to go out in public, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Right. And what I what I say to clients when I'm first working with them is this is a list for you. This is sure. not a list for anybody else. OK. And I want you to be as bold and brave as you feel like you can be. I want you to be a little bit egotistical or huh. I don't want you to be too humble. OK. Um, and why is that? Because I think there are many of us and I'm, I'm one of them. I think I've been on the side of humbleness. That's too far to the side of not giving myself enough credit so for what I am good at or, mm -hmm. or for who I am. I've, I've tended to downplay those things. Um, so I, I ask, uh, in fact, I, I have a high school uh, tennis player uh, guy that I started working with a couple weeks ago. And I said to him, I don't really know anything about you as a tennis player, so I want you to brag. I don't want you to worry about whether you, whether I'm going to think that you're um, this egotistical maniac. <laughs> right. I want you to tell me how good are you, and let's get those things down on paper because ultimately it's about the list for you and what it's going to do for you. That's really interesting, and I think if you know if more people did that. And they just, and they kept it for themselves, but it was I'm trying to explain this right. Right. Because I think what you were saying is true. It, it's, it's good to have a little ego, at least when it comes to yourself. I mean, the definition, I don't, I don't have the formal definition of ego, but um, I mean, it's okay to have the feelings of I'm really good at this. And I, you know, I'm here in this world because I can do X, Y, Z and help others by, you know, showing, my talents to the world and helping them. And um, it, exactly the way yeah. you just said that there was no amount of self bragging there. That was a very clear statement that sounded to me like it came from confidence, not from bragging or self promotion. That's the type of confidence I'm trying to help uh, each client and myself get to when I say, I don't want you to be too humble. I want you to brag a little bit. Sure. So it, it's a confidence that um, isn't off-putting. Okay. But it has to be, it, it has to be, uh, I don't want a client to sell him or herself short. Right. When they're, when they're developing this list. Yeah. And it's also giving yourself permission to make the list. Yes, I think. absolutely. So you have to give yourself permission to make the list. 
Um, sorry, we're in the city and you can hear the city noises. I'm city girl in business, huh? Um, you have to give yourself permission to make the list. You have to give yourself permission to read the list and be okay with, with acknowledging your skills and your talents. Um, can we talk a little bit about the people you surround yourself with? Because I know that this is what you were just talking about was very self-focused, but I think it would be odd not to acknowledge how the people we surround ourselves with really can help either lift us up once we've acknowledged these things or tear it back down. Amen. Um, I absolutely agree with you. And um, the people I've surrounded myself are people who um, some of them have the same struggles I do with the self-confidence, but they have also learned how to use these affirmations and this self-exploration to identify their talents and, and ultimately take actions on them. Um, I, I don't want to sound, um, I, I, I try to avoid people who are inherently negative and who like to tear other people down. Uh, I, I'm not comfortable when I hear someone talk negatively about another person. Uh, it's, it just, it puts me on edge. Sure. So I try to avoid being in relationships with those individuals. And so I would say the people that I'm around are people who we're going to talk about how our day was, um, what were our goals and dreams are. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about uh, the latest movie. But has that but always been a thing with you or it, has it that has. come it's, with time? It, it's, it's always been a thing for me. Okay. Um, but I can say that during that period of time when I was feeling less than and not good enough, I tended to date some women who were not ideal for me. Oh, the dating pool. Yes. <laughs> And I'm I, sure people can relate to that who are listening on this on this podcast. I stayed in those relationships too long, despite seeing some red flags like the negative comments about other people, because I was too worried about losing a relationship and feeling these abandonment feelings because hmm. I was feeling that emptiness inside. Uh, so. I would say I've always had this desire to be around a particular type of person, Sure. but I made some decisions in the middle of my life that weren't as healthy or fulfilling for me by staying in some dating relationships that just weren't, weren't the right ones for me. And it was after working on this self-affirmation, self-exploration for a period of time that I started realizing that I was dating people who were more appropriate for me, or I was learning sooner in the dating process that, ah, oh, this isn't the right person for me. Mm -hmm. And I was okay letting go of that because I had yeah. better, a better sense of myself that I didn't need another person to fill me up. And I think what I've noticed too, and, and not that this is a dating um, uh, conversation, but I want to jump in on this really quick it's interesting that you brought it up um, with the dating apps and and what's happening now. I think that people, it's harder to find people to surround yourself with, whether it's dating or whether it's you know personal friendships in in this day and age that um, can really be real and also can. Um, and it's like, how do you also? It's tough too because you don't end up seeing the person for the, who they are right away. But what's, what I find fascinating is if you as a person are, whether it's dating, whether it's friendships, if you seem to be attracting this same type of person, it's doing the self-work to say, you know, I feel like I keep attracting these negative people or these gossipy type people or clicky people. Maybe what am I doing? Uh, and that's exactly the point I'm getting at. Um, and like you said, this isn't... Uh, a podcast about dating, sure. but there's a relationship to this entrepreneurship. And especially in my life, I think I attracted the track and field coaching to me, or I was attracted to it because I was already resonating. I'm not good enough. I'm less than. And so I went into a career field 
where there wasn't going to be enough budget, there wasn't going to be enough staffing, the fa- facilities weren't going to be adequate. Sure. Did you feel like it was a safe choice? It was a safe choice, exactly. It was a, a choice that resonated with what I was resonating inside of me. Mm-hmm. And until I could uh, start resonating a different wavelength, meaning feeling good about myself from within and not relying on job performance or significant others or parents or whoever to tell me I'm good enough. It wasn't until I was able to do that on my own that my entrepreneurship was able to take off my, my self-employment, my uh, client numbers started growing as I started feeling better about myself. And so I, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about business or whether we're talking about dating or whether we're talking about even just general friendships. Sure. I think this whole concept about affirming ourselves from within is going to play a big role in how we feel about ourselves and ultimately the people that we attract to us or that we are attracted to. So tell me a little bit. So we've got the uh, making the list of you know, your self uh, traits that you really enjoy about yourself, that you appreciate, whether it's personal, whether it's work related, what else can somebody do to really develop those talents and gifts that we have inside of us? Um, There's multiple steps. I I mentioned about just listening and taking some quiet time. And you had mentioned about being able to pull yourself away from your your smartphone. I do believe that's important. Um, I also believe that just getting, um, getting out there and talking with people that we do trust, uh, networking by having conversations with other people, we're going to hear things from them that either resonate or don't resonate with us and might help us see something inside ourselves that we weren't aware of. And you mean verbal conversations? I'm, I'm talking not about verbal. Texting, yes, I'm talking not about verbal. Media, direct messages. I'm talking about going <laughs> to the ball game and talking with each other. What is that like? Uh, <laughs> it's great, right? actually. Um, I'm talking about uh, going going to have coffee with someone, and the cell phones are put away. Uh, I'm talking about having a phone conversation. Um, but you're actually holding the phone up to your ear rather than using the speakerphone so that you can do 20 million other things while you're talking. I'm guilty of that. Uh, (laughs) I really believe that when we interact with other people, those conversations help us discover more about ourselves. And so that's that's another uh, factor that I, I think is really important. Um, writing, I think, is is a really big one. So when I have my clients put this list together, I have them write it out. Okay. Uh, because I want that that neural, that physical neural signal to get implanted in their so brain. So physically writing it out, yes. not typing. No, not... physically writing it out. Okay. So getting like a cute notebook. If you're somebody that is inspired by that, or if you just Find a you know twenty cent notebook on sale during school supply yep. time. <laughs> I actually <laughs> hand, <it> <laughs> I actually hand them a blank notebook uh, when they first start working oh, with them. Oh, okay. And also, I think it's important that they read through that list on their own. But I want them to read it out loud to me because the reading out loud. There's another physical aspect of mouthing the words. Then there's the other physical aspect of hearing the words. So we're we're using different neural pathways to pattern these beliefs and, and thoughts about ourselves, uh, whether it's the physical writing and the touch of the pen and the paper, sure. the physical aspect of mouthing the words, the physical aspect of hearing. And those all have sensory or neurological uh, pathways that get affected. Uh, so I think that's important. Uh, the other thing I think is important is to understand that this is a long process. I said that earlier. It's not a few days process. It's a months to years process. So patience. Patience. <laughs> and there's going to be setbacks. Okay. Um, uh, perfect example is I made some good progress in the dating world, and then I slid right about three years later, I slid right back into uh, one of those unhealthy relationships. And why was that? 
I think because it was that comfortable thing, I had actually dated the person about three years earlier and, um, it, yeah, it was this comfort thing, um, that kind of fed into my, I'm not good enough, less than stuff again. And after that ended that, that was a, a, a tough situation for me, but, um, that that really was a catalyst for a lot of growth, uh, both in personal dating as well as my uh, self-employed career as a personal trainer. Sure. Uh, so there there are going to be some setbacks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna revert back into old behaviors because we've had these patterned into us for years. And so it's and going it's comfortable yeah, and, and it's, it's easy. very comfortable. Absolutely. And it's like going back to your favorite when you're not, when you're feeling down and you're, you go back home and your family, you know, makes your favorite meal. Yes. You know, it's that, it might not be healthy for you. It might not be like, but the it's most comforting, hip, but it's comforting and you feel like you can just, you know, it, it's food for your soul basically. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important for anyone to understand that, there's going to be some steps forward. There'll be a few steps back, then some more steps forward, a few steps back. It's not a straight linear line up. It's kind of more like a jagged line, similar to like you would see uh, as far as the stock market is concerned. If you look at it from the 1920s or 30s, it's it's an upward trajectory. Sure. But it, you see at various points, there are some sharp declines. Uh, it's a similar thing with, with this process. So I think what, I mean, I can speak for myself, what I would be most nervous about what I've experienced is feeling the feelings is really tough because it's not easy. And to, and when you have a busy schedule, so you're an entrepreneur, right? And especially when you start in the beginning, you have so many things going on, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, let's be honest, it's just life is busy. And so if I know I have to do all of this work, I usually avoid it <laughs> because it's not easy. It takes up time. It gets the emotions are painful sometimes. Um, and I think in this day and age, what's what we're always looking for is like a quick answer. And what you're saying is we have to have patience and it's going to take all this time. It, it's just it's hard, right? It, it is hard. And I I can't, I can't soft sell it. Um, feeling some of these feelings are difficult. Um, but it's getting, okay. It, it is okay. Um, acknowledging that I didn't feel good about myself or that I felt less than was not easy. Um, to sit and feel those feelings and process them is difficult uh, and it hurts. But what I can say is by being willing to do that, I've come out on the other side uh, with a stronger sense of who I am. And consequently, my actions uh, are consistent with that and lead to more fulfillment. And again, it's fulfillment in many different areas of my life, one being my career, but also um, my, I have a wife now and she's so beautiful. Thank you. And she's such a great person. Um, she's a wonderful person. And I think I was able to attract her or find her or make sure she was the right one because I already had the confidence in myself that I was okay without her or anyone else. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the time to really get to know her before I rushed into anything permanent. Sure. And not like she was fulfilling something that you were missing. Correct. She ultimately <clears throat> came to complement my life rather than filling up something that was missing. And I am really grateful for that. Do you think that if you had met your wife at the time when you were going through all of this stuff, like how do you think that would have affected I'm not, I, I think for one, I would have rushed into it way too quickly. Okay. Now my wife is an amazing person. So the end result may have still been that I have a very wonderful, loving marriage. Sure. Um, but 
I, I think I would have rushed into it, which would have caused me some doubts and concerns about, am I doing this too fast? Mm -hmm. And I did have a history of moving too fast, pulling back, moving too fast, pulling back uh, with a couple of women that I dated okay. because I was questioning, am I, am I rushing into this because I'm trying to fill up an emptiness or is this the right person? Sure. I didn't have that situation with my wife. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful. So I think the answer to your question is I would have rushed into it. Okay. Um, the question is whether it would have turned out successful and all. Obviously, I can't answer that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're glad that it turned out successful, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, so as far as, um, you know, and I know we touched upon this possibly a little bit, but the time, the times that you felt like giving up, what got you through what, you know, in your business. And I think that's, that's the hard part. I mean, there are times <laughs> last week, the week before I was like, am I supposed to be doing this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it, it, a couple things. One prayer. Um, I've, hmm. I, I grew up with a solid foundation of faith. Sure. Um, and I'm specifically Catholic, but I don't care what religion a person is. It's a matter of having a faith in a higher power as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I think prayer was a big part, um, but also leaning on friends and family and being open with them about what I was struggling with. And that can be difficult to, to tell somebody that, no, my life is not going as well as I want it to. Mm -hmm. Um but what I found was because I have surrounded myself with people who um, I just think are quality people, they've been able to relate to me. They've been able to encourage me and they haven't tried to fix my problem. They've just been there to listen and support me and encourage me, understanding that I have to kind of work through the difficult time. And I, I really appreciate that. I think that's a couple of things that you said. Um, well, first was the faith part. I think that, um, again, I completely agree with you, no matter what religion or what faith, whether you believe in the higher power or God or whatever religion or, or just the faith in a higher power, I think is so important because sometimes we're, we're looking at life and going, why are we here? What's going on? Like, am I meant to go through all this struggle? And, you know, isn't entrepreneurship supposed to be fun and easy and having an Instagram page and all this jazz, um, which I don't even think you don't even have an Instagram page. I do page. not have an Instagram I'm page. I'm so envious right now <laughs> <laughs> because it's so much work and you're so successful and you don't even need an Instagram page. So um, I think having that faith is really important, whatever it is and something. And also what you said about your friends and family not living your life for you, but being there. I think sometimes we have people in our lives that mean really well and they have opinions and they, they go, Oh, well, if it was me, I would just do this. Have you tried this? Da, 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 da. And, and I think sometimes those people mean really well, but sometimes they just, they don't realize that it's what you said. It's, I mean, it's your journey. It's your path. You have people here in your life that are here to help, guide you and listen to you, but ultimately you're the one that's going to be making all the decisions and taking the actions. Yeah. And if you, if somebody gives you the best idea in the world and you're not ready to implement, it's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. <laughs> so, um, and then we talked a little bit about this earlier on, but, um, how do you work with different clients and how do you adapt your approach to each client? Well, I'd, I'd said that I, or you had read in the intro that I take an individual approach. Uh, so I'm going to look at what a person's age is, what their health history is, uh, what their interests are in developing a, a plan for them. Because if you look at any of the science and the, the different medical societies, they're all emphasizing that activity is the important thing. Yes. They're not saying that it has to be weightlifting, it has to be running, it has to be biking, whatever. Activity is the primary foundation of fitness. Yes, we need strength. Yes, we need some cardiovascular work, uh, but we can do those in different ways. So uh, to give you an example, I have a, a client, a 45-year-old woman who she has some really problem knees. Mm -hmm. So 
I have to be very careful about not doing exercises such as squats with her uh, and, and some other exercises that put pressure on her knees. Uh, we have to find other ways to strengthen her legs. Whereas I, I have a lot of other clients who can do squats with no problem and there's no issue with, with their knees. So uh, that's a, one example of where I'm looking at that person's health history and current health to make sure that the exercises we do are appropriate for her. And sure. I need to find some ways around uh, the, the traditional strengthening to help her strengthen some of those important muscles in her body. That's, I mean, that's great. I mean, I think what's, what's difficult for people these days is looking at what other people are doing too. And they're looking on social media, they're, they're talking to people and they go, Oh, you know, like my struggle is my, you know, I have really bad knees, but I had this win today. And, um, I think sometimes it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think sometimes people are very supportive of that. And sometimes people are like, Oh, well, you know, I can, I can do more than you, you know, there's just some toxic people. So I think getting back to what you were saying about getting rid of those toxic people in your life. I, I think it's really important for me. Yeah. Uh, again, the messages I'm going to hear, whether they're messages I give myself or messages I hear from people around me, they're all going to affect my neural system. Absolutely. And my thought process. So I would rather surround myself with people who, um, tend to be more uplifting, affirming, even if they're, even if they're struggling, they still have this outlook towards life that, Hey, I know things are going to get better. I'm going to take some actions that will help it get better. I know sure. I'll make it through this rather than others who might complain about what's going on and blame others for what's going on. Uh, that, that really bugs me. So I want to ask you some business questions. These are just going to be short statements, whatever comes to your mind. Um, and I, I think they should be, they're interesting to me, but we'll see. So what is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success is being able to support myself with activities or uh, a source of income that I enjoy. Okay. Uh, now, certainly a definition of success, um, a more, what do you want to call it? Objective measure is money and finance. Sure. Uh, and, and that's certainly going to be a definition for me. But I think what's more important is doing the things that I enjoy doing, because what I found is as I'm doing those, that financial stuff actually gets better. Right. And people sometimes are so focused on the financial stuff that they forget that you, if you build it, they will come kind of yes. motto, right? Isn't that field of dreams or yes, something? Yes, it is field of dreams. I'm so bad with all the sports references and movies, but I'm glad I got that one right. <laughs> um, what's your, what's the part of the business that you hate or dislike a lot? <laughs> uh, the driving. Um, for, for those of you, obviously, uh, no one knows what I, how I do my business. I actually go and meet my clients, almost all of them at their homes. Um, in the case of Char and her husband, I meet them at a gym, but I still need to travel to that gym. And so I'm traveling, uh, it could be a 10 minute drive. It could be a 30 minute drive. So the, the driving is what what gets me the most. But what I've been able to do over the last few years is pare down the distance that I've been traveling because I've been able to get more clients in a, a closer geography. Yeah. And it's also stacking the schedule, right? Yes. When you can, yep. but sometimes, you know, that client says, Oh, I can only meet at this time and this time you're like, great. Yep. <laughs> um, and what's your favorite part of the business? Uh, seeing people improve, and it doesn't matter how how the improvement comes, whether it's a runner who completed a marathon for the first time, or it's someone who's improving their bench press by a certain amount of weight. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had a woman who was about 40 years old who had a five-year-old son. And after about two months of working with me, she came in one day and she's like, I was able to catch my son when he jumps off the, the top bunk bed. 
And she wow. said she had that confidence because she had stronger arms and she had stronger legs and she knew how to catch him and use her legs to soften the, the blow. And that just, that was a, a huge joy to me that work that she had done with me had helped her in just an everyday uh, life activity. That's awesome. She's brave. I don't want to catch anybody falling off <laughs> of anywhere. Well, th- it wasn't falling. The kid would jump Jumping. and he's like, mommy, catch me. <laughs> so I'm definitely just a dog mom right now and I'm okay with that. But if I ever have a kid, I think I might say jump onto the other bed <laughs> and not on me, but no, that's really funny. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, and then what is your, what's your advice for someone just starting out in their business? Um, never give up. Uh, in fact, Amen. in one of the things I, I sent you about quotes, uh, Winston Churchill's never give up, never give up, never give up, or maybe he puts a bunch of nevers before the give up. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if you really believe you have the talent and ability, uh, to do this, I say, just keep going. Uh, it, it's difficult. Um, there's going to be some lean times financially. Uh, but ultimately, if you keep going, there's going to be success. Uh, and I think surround yourself with those people who are going to uh, keep encouraging you. Sure. Absolutely. So some quick questions are, these are just fun questions. Peanut butter or jelly? If you had to only pick one. Jelly. Okay. Why jelly? Um, because it's a little wetter. Or the peanut butter is <laughs> a little little too that dry. That's appetizing. <laughs> um, the peanut butter just makes it seem like my, my mouth is going to be dry and sticky. Right. Oh, that's so true. Um, are you from vacations? Are you a lounger or an explorer? Explorer. I cannot stand going to the beach. I, I have a buddy who goes to Cape Hatteras every summer for two weeks. I can handle about three days. <laughs> uh, so I'm definitely an explorer. Okay. And the Cubs or the White Sox? Cubs. Cubs. Yay. Go but Cubs. I, will, I will certainly root for the White Sox. Um, Chicago fans. You know, it, I, I'm going to root for the Chicago teams. Yay, Chicago. So um, I want to, or, you know, before I end this, do you have anything you want to leave our listeners with? I, I think we did it. It's, it's the... Okay. Never give up. And, but more importantly, keep affirming your talents, your treasures, your gifts. Keep affirming those, keep affirming those, keep affirming those. I can't emphasize how much that has helped me feel full inside. And as a consequence, my actions have been the right ones to grow my business, to grow my love life, and just grow my life in general. Well, I'm just so grateful that you were able to be here for this podcast today and that we were able to do it in person. Um, And thank you for always inspiring me to do better, especially when I think I can't. Um, And I just wanted to let everyone know, so in being an entrepreneur and expanding his business, Rick is also adding a life coaching and mental performance coaching aspect to help others identify their gifts and treasures and develop to develop those. And you can get in touch with Rick by checking out his personal training website, coachrick.info. So definitely check it out. I highly recommend Rick. I think he's awesome. And Rick, thanks again so much for meeting with me and doing this podcast. Thanks for having me, Char. Yeah, have a good one. (laughs) 